From the little cave on the tiny island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Good afternoon and welcome to the Winds of Change. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on this blustery, rainy day in Chicago. So it's, uh, but you know what, we're inside, so that's good. And at least it's not snow. We should be happy about that. Uh, noontime, so let's, um, let's begin with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And a word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. So welcome again. Good to be uh, hosting the show today for Father Anthony. And um, I was, uh, I, 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 the, the subject or the, the whole theme of the show today is going to be renewal because I want to, uh, I started out this morning, I went to Mass and listening to particularly the first reading uh, and uh, talking about Noah coming from the ark, you know, proceeding from the ark the new world now was going to start. I mean, humanity had been wiped out, and it was up to Noah and his his generations now to take, uh, you know, to follow. We say all the time that we're children of Adam and Eve, but I guess we're all children of Noah and his family also. So the, um, uh, you know, I think about I pondering about that because because I am the executive director of the World Apostle of Fatima, Our Lady's Blue Army. I've been on many times, for those of you who know who I am. And I think often of the renewal, which the Fatima message is all about. The Fatima message um, uh, is, is about you know, renewing our lives. Our Lady came to Fatima to bring about renewal and, and, and reiteration of the Gospels, basically. So you know, here we are throughout, and I think of this time, uh, God destroyed the world. He truly destroyed humanity. And, 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 then, you know, and then he comes back and he says, now he gives to Adam, or to, to, excuse me, to Noah, the same directives he'd given to Adam and Eve, you know, go out, be fruitful, propagate, you know, uh, subject, you know, subdue the earth, uh, the, the wild beasts and all that. And I, sometimes I, I see that and I hear the, the, the generality that's out there today, uh, kind of the green agenda, if you will, not to be political, but, but it kind of paints us as intruders on this land, you know. And don't get me wrong, I believe in conservation, but we're here to tame the earth as commanded by God and to use the resources for good. And so uh, that's, I think, where we, you know, where today we have to kind of keep that in mind. Um, and again, it is the message of renewal that we work. And today I want to be, I'm going to be bringing in a guest soon uh, who, is, um, who is the author of a new book, um, Mary's Gentle Path. 
and it's it's about the meditations on the uh, from the, the life of Sister Lucia. Sister Lucia, of course, is the um, uh, you know it, it was the last surviving seer of Fatima. When when Our Lady was asked by the children, "Will we go to heaven?" and she said, "Yes." She goes, "Jacinta and Francisco, you will come soon, but Lucia, you must stay here a while longer." to make me known and loved. And that while was 88 years approximately. And I think about 80, it's a while. It makes you think about what eternity must be if, if 88 years is just a while. But in my work in this, uh, we, we, we work with the sisters of Coimbra, Portugal, where, um, where she was for 57 years. And, and we come to understand and appreciate her spirituality. We co-published a couple of books with them and uh, The Pathway Under the Gaze of Mary, which is just a beautiful biography of Sister Lucia written by the sisters there. And it is, it is a, um, you know, it's, it's the biography of her life. We published, uh, we, we co-published it in English with them. And of course, uh, Sister Lucia's Rosary Meditations. These are really great. That's why I think the book we're going to talk about today is so, uh, so great. And all of these publications are available on our website, bluearmy.com. So if you go to that and you can see all the other resources about, about the message of Fatima, about the apostolate, uh, the work we do, membership, all that type of thing. So, um, uh, so yeah, please go there, look around, and, uh, and we're always available to answer questions and help because I think that, um, um, you know, that it, it, it's really, it's, it's, it is something that, that we, we, as, uh, we have to get into, I think, in the spirituality of Sister Lucia to truly understand the Fatima message today because, you know, the, the, the beauty of the children, the two young children, Jacinta and Francisco, saints now, of course, gave us a beautiful example of just simple, you know, submission to, to the will of God. Sister Lucia taught us really how to live it as adults, I think, a lot better. So here we are today uh, in, this, in this special time. Um, so anyway, I want to bring on my guest today, uh, Katie Moran. Katie Moran, uh, Dr. Katie Moran, is a, an author, a teacher. She also serves on the board of trustees of our apostle, the World Apostle of Fatima. Uh, Katie is, uh, uh, resides in Ohio. She is a uh, Byzantine Catholic, actually, and so she actually heads up the Byzantine division of our apostolate there, and, um, as well as helping us in many, many ways. So, Katie, are you here? Katie? Yes. Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Or Very this good. This afternoon, I should say. Good, good. So, Katie, I, uh, I just wanted to introduce uh, you, of course, as our, uh, you know, uh, as, the, as the author of this book, Mary's Gentle Path. And uh, it, it is really, um, uh, it, it, is a, a, it is a book that lays out the meditations. It's a book of meditations based on her spirituality. Um, and so I just wanted to uh, maybe just ask you a few questions as to... Uh, you know how how you came to writing this book. Uh, basically, what you know what gave you the inspiration to to write this book in the first place. <laughs> okay, this this cute story. Uh, in night two thousand seventeen, when the two children were canonized, I remember sitting there talking to you about it some days later, <laughs> stating we needed to have something out in anticipation of their canonization, and the Blue Army didn't. So I said, you know, Sister Lucia's going to be up there soon getting declared venerable. What do you want to do about that? And you sort of just looked at me and said, well, why don't you do something? <laughs> and so, so I, I, it took me by surprise. I know you don't remember it, but it took me by surprise. I was, so I I was delegating. And, I was delegating would, pretty well that yes, day. <laughs> yes, you were. So I went home and I prayed on it. I really did. And I came up with the idea of a meditation book because there's excellent biographies on her you know, in her own writings. But I thought maybe people would like a day-by-day meditation, because a lot of people don't have time to read. Yes. So let's go five minutes. You can get up in the morning, look at it, and read it. So you got a quote from her, a meditation to draw you into prayer, because meditation's a form of prayer. And then instead of a resolution, I called it a daily challenge. Yeah. And I think the daily challenge hits home more. What are you going to do today to live that message? So when you look at the day-to-day meditations, sister, I, I got such an intense respect for her knowledge. I mean, for the Gospels and for everything else. And Fatima is a reaffirmation of the Gospel message. So in it, I found quotes that cover not just Fatima, but a lot of the teachings of the Church on heaven, hell, purgatory, the Eucharist, prayer, um, just so many. It's a wealth of information. And a quote a day, 
lets you look into it. And then if you read that quote and you think to yourself, gee, I'd like to know more about her. Where did this come from? You know, I recommend getting the books from shopfatima.com, Calls from the Message of Fatima, mm-hmm. Pathways Under the Gaze of Mary. Those are two of the books I used along with Father Fox's book, The Intimate Life of Sister mm-hmm. Lucia. Right, right. Yeah, and that's really the whole point. You know, you're following the the, the previous interviews from Sister Lucia, and you know, like we 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 do sell her Rosary Meditation book, which is a beautiful meditation yeah. on the Rosary. Okay, the Pathway Under the Gaze of Mary, as I mentioned earlier, is a is the it's it's a it's the biography. It gives you history. It gives you a lot more. But this maybe will bring you into the meditation. So every day you've got a different meditation that you can come into. I was very impressed by it. I thought it really. Uh, gives you that way to Thank to you. become to become a spiritual person like Sister Lucia was, that, following her, her her spirituality, and I think that's where you were going with this, correct? Yeah, and the title of the book is an actual take from her quote, which touched my heart when I read it. You know, it's on April twenty fifth. I must show soul. I must show souls the way to heaven by the gentle path of prayer and penance. You know. How beautiful to look at the path that we're called to heaven, which is suffering and a cross, but is a gentle path. So, I mean, here, Sister Lucia, she saw this as a very gentle path that Our Lady's leading us on. And so that's that's one of the thoughts that you can meditate on. You know, how am I following that path? How am I walking that path? Because each path is different. All of us have a different path to walk. Well, and that's exactly it, Katie. We do have a different, you know, we're all, we're all even within our apostolate and within the work we do, look how different we all are, our experiences. Yeah. I think that is what makes us successful is the fact that we are from all different walks of life, but we, we have this one commonality, and of course it's the Fatima message, but, but I think Sister Lucia does kind of teach us how to live that, you know, and I, I've, I've picked up so much, been many times up to to the um, uh, to the convent in Coimbra, Portugal, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to know the sisters, the Mother Superior, and others very well. I mean, we do business with them regarding the books and that. But it's always such a pleasant thing. I was there um, just a few months ago, a couple months ago, when I was there, and uh, and Sister wanted to show me some of the construction that they're doing. So she took took us uh, out to the garden to show us the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the where the work was. And she said, "Let's take a walk." And she took us to the back of the garden by this beautiful statue of Our Lady, okay? And there's, there's two ponds, one on each time with the fish. And we're, we went back there, and she said, every day, Sister Lucia came out of the cloister back here and prayed to, wow. in front of this statue. I mean, and it was almost like, wow, that was overwhelming. You know, here we were in the exact same spot where this, I think, soon-to-be saint you know, was, was the, the, this, this herald of the message of Fatima, this, this, this woman who was given... This tremendous, I mean, you know, what, what a life. I mean, you know, for 90, if we, if we lived to be, you know, at 90, almost 90 years, I mean, she, you know, she, for the 88 years after the apparitions, she was the person that was disseminating the Fatima message. And I, I'm thinking, wow. And she did it in what? In prayerful simplicity. You know, the children, Jacinta and Francisco, and I refer to them as the children, um, you know, they gave us a simple approach, okay? That was a child's approach, as God said, come to me as a little child. And they did, and they, and they gave us this beautiful thing. But Sister Lucia took it through life, adult life. She, she showed us how to live as adults, how to live the Fatima message. And I think that really means, really means a lot. I, I, that's why I've always had a greater connection, I think, with her. Um, you know, and I think through this book, I, I think you really, you, you've kind of hit the, you, you've kind of hit a home run with that because we, um, you know, we have to, I mean, it's easy to say we know how to pray and we, and we, we do our rote prayer. Okay. And we mm-hmm. do, we pray our rosary. That's how many times you pray to hail Mary and the glory be and the, our father. And this was given to us directly by our lady. And that's beautiful. And I'm not minimizing <laughs> it, but what it is, is a, um, you know, but, you know, that's always been a big criticism on the part of, like, Protestants is how, you know, Catholics in this, this, this wrote prayer, this, you know, this you know, prayer. It's, I can understand what could bother them because it is something that is, um, you know, that can become dry. You know, Hail Mary, full of grace. Okay, you keep saying it. Are you actually meditating on the rosary? Are you actually doing, you know, doing the meditations that we're asked to do? And in many cases, we're not. You know, I, I mean, I say yeah. most of my rosaries when I'm driving 
and getting ready to run somebody off the road or something. You know, so, I mean, you know, your mind is not 100% on it. So I, I, I really believe that a book like this is the type of thing that we that we need, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I know it's, it's, it's become very popular. I mean, we're getting great calls for this. And, uh, and again, anybody can just coming to our, our website, shopfatima.com. Uh, through our website, you can pick up this and so many other resources that we have. Katie, I have to take a quick break here. And when we come back, okay. I want to I bring Barb Ernst around. Barb is our communications director for the Apostolate to bring, come in on this conversation about Sister Lucia. This is David uh-huh. Carollo sitting in today on Winds of Change on a new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750, WNDZ, and on 88.5 FM, WFSI. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.org. ststanschicago.org. I'm David Carollo, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear Winds of Change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now, you can hear Winds of Change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air, Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today on Winds of Change. And I have as my guest here, uh, Katie Moran, Dr. Katie Moran, who is the author of a beautiful book here, Mary's Gentle Path. Um, I have another person I want to bring on. Uh, Barb Ernster is, uh, is our communications director for the World of Positive Fatima. And Barb, of course, uh, works very closely with Katie on a lot of these collaborations that we do. Uh, Barb, are you with us here? I'm here. There nice you are. To yeah, likewise. Yeah, Barb. So anyway, I was talking to Katie about the book, how the origins and all of that. And I think that, um, you know, it, it is it, it, and how it ties into the importance of Sister Lucia's um, spirituality. I, I really believe that, you know, and, and again, I don't mean in any way to, to minimize St. Jacinta and Francisco, but I, I've always been able to connect more strongly with Sister Lucia, probably because she went into adulthood, you know. Right, and she left us with so much from her writings and her, what she called her, my my way when they found her private diary after she had died, right. and so yeah. and of course her biography was called the pathway under the gaze of Mary, and 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 it had a lot of the stuff from her private diary. But just reading her letters throughout the many years, I, I, I from the nineteen twenties and thirties that she had written to her spiritual directors, and you see how much Sister Lucia herself was growing in the spiritual life, yeah. and how she um you know she developed in that interior life to becoming a Carmelite. And so we learned so much from her. And what I always say about Sister Lucia is even though she saw Our Lady and she was the one that spoke to her and she became the main spokesperson for the message of Fatima, her interior life with God had to be developed through adoration and prayer and meditation, just like the rest of us. And she learned how to hear God's voice through that prayer. It, he didn't just come and speak to her. She had to discern his voice like the rest of us. And that's what we learned so much from her. Well, and I think that that is, that's really important because when you think about it, um, you know, we have this idea that, okay, Our Lady appeared to her and poof, automatically they, she had this level, all these children had this level of, uh, of, you know, <laughs> of holiness. Well, it, 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 it's not the case. I mean, you know, it's just, it comes over time and, yeah. and, and, and we're all developed. That, that's, you know, God brings us along, you know, he does with, with everybody. And that's uh, that's that's the that's something we have to understand is that or her humanity, you know. You know. Right. And I think Katie, you know, what you've done here, I think, has brought out a lot of you know her meditations uh, based on again her, um, you know, on, on her writings and everything. It's uh, so uh, 
Yeah. Hey, Katie, I just, I, I, just a, a number of uh, other things that I, I, I wanted to ask you about. You know, okay, so you, 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 you gave me the credit for the uh, inspiration to do this, so thank you. I do. I'm, I'm trying to pat myself on the back while I sit here, but my arm isn't long enough. You know? <laughs> but, 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 but the reality is I think we're all focused. We all, we all understood at the time that, you know, that, that we needed to get her out there more and more, you know. And I think it was because there was such a great, you know, uh, crescendo coming up to this canonization of Saints Jacinta and Francisco. And um, uh, as beautiful as that was, and it truly was, and it was on the centennial anniversary. Um, that's why people say, you know, when are they going to canonize Sister Lucia? It took 100 years for these two children, okay, <laughs> after they died. Yeah. So let's not, let's not push. You know, the, the, uh, the, the, the church has its schedule, that, you know, and, and God has his schedule. And I think that's, that's what we have to understand. But I do think it, it, it because I think it's, it, it is interesting because stay the course, okay? That's what Sister Lucia did. She stayed the course for years and years and, and, and put us there, you know. And, uh, and I, know, I know, Barb, you, you, you speak a lot with Katie on this, and, and I know you worked with her as she was putting this together. I think you did editing. Of, you edited the book, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, so talk about those frustrations. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine what a canonization process is like when we just yeah. tried to get a book out on her, right, Katie? <laughs> right, right, so, right. And that's the thing about her canonization process. You know, she they had to examine all of these documents, and what they're looking for is a consistent growth in holiness and virtue, Thank how you. she lived the virtuous life, the heroic virtue. And so that's... That's mainly what a canonization process is about, and I, I, frankly, I was just reading about St. Bernadette. Well, I mean, she was the first one at Lourdes. I mean, she was at Lourdes and had apparitions of Our Lady, and she ends up, her body was is incorrupt, and it's on view in Navarre, France, yeah. and yet that wasn't enough to make her a saint, and they had to examine every little detail of her life, and we're talking about a, a saintly person that I don't know how anybody could have found any fault with her, but they still had to take that time to examine her life, and there were things that caused them to wonder, you know, and so yeah. they have to call in witnesses. They have to, so I'm sure the Coimbra <laughs> sisters who lived with Sister Lucia for all them years were called to witness to her holiness and yeah. probably family members, and, you know, so there's just so much that goes into this, and that's why it's safe to read from and learn from Sister Lucia, because I do believe she will be declared a saint someday and possibly even a doctor of the Church. Yeah. Um, I do know that they've already got miracles attributed her, to her, so once she's declared a servant of God, um, it, the next step will probably come very quickly. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that probably would. Now, by the way, I wanted to uh, you know put it out. We, we're going to have uh, with us at the Shrine in New Jersey this year, uh, Sister Angela of Fatima is going to be coming out. Sister Angela, of course, is the uh, vice postulator for the cause for Sister Lucia, as she was yeah. for St. Jacinta Francisco. Um, she was here in this very studio <coughs> with me this past uh, May She was uh, when she was promoting her book. Uh, she was here in the United States for some time. And, uh, and I, I really, you know, I, it, it's always great to speak. I saw her in Fatima in November and you know, first question that I and everybody ask her, where's the, how is the canonization process going? And and she'd be the first one to tell you that you know that it 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 goes slow, you know, slow, slow, mm-hmm. slow, because that's what it is. I mean, it's canonization. You know, uh, the, the the church, has, you know, they are they are reviewing something like uh, what, seventy thousand documents. Is that the yeah. the number I've heard? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeeks. Seventy thousand. I mean, I you know I have trouble reading a newspaper for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, reviewing seventy thousand documents, and they have to make sure there's no error or anything in any of these. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and I think and and it just you know that's that's the canonization process. But yeah. um, but but we're very uh, we're we're very blessed to have uh, you know have that uh, have you know this this beautiful saint as our um, uh, you know our potential saint, I should say as somebody to, to, to look to. I mean, I, again, I, I, I find her to be the, um, uh, I, I, I just, the, to me, she, she represents the Fatima message more than anybody because of this. Right. You know. Well, and when you read about her life, you do see that constant um, giving of herself back to God every day, daily saying yes to him, like Our Lady had asked of them. I mean, she, she suffered so many things that all of us suffer in daily life, whether it has to do with our jobs. For her, it was her vocation 
as a as a Carmelite and her long for that, you know, before that when she was a Dorothean, her um her life having to be lived out as the only remaining seer of Fatima and being in such demand for people, her life just as a as a a, a, a fellow sister in the convent and and having to learn how to read and write and all these things that um, and then the big mission that was put on her to spread the devotion to the Immaculate Heart throughout the world. Well, how do you do that yeah. when you're being hidden in a convent and, and you're, you're having to only re, you know, report to your superiors and your spiritual director? But she did it through prayer and persistence and never giving up on God. God was going to do this for her, and she just every day gave herself over to him and said yes to his will. And that's how she carried this big, huge mission out. Yeah. 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 Well, she had tremendous frustration because when, you know, when, you know, she, she envisioned herself as being probably as an academic when Our Lady said, you're going to learn to read and write, you're going to go out, you know, that she was going to be out speaking on Fatima and, and being the person <coughs> disseminating it. And I think yeah. it was, it was a real act of hum- humility for her to finally understand that, that it was going to be the church that was going to be, right. um, you know, seriously, you know, doing, um, uh, you know, but was going to be disseminating the message, not her. Okay. Right. Not at least not directly. And I think that that is uh, uh, just, you know, that that's that's a, a real thing for all of us to accept and understand that that even even as special as she is, as special as as as, as her mission truly is and you know was and continues to be, of course, you know, it, it's God is going to decide how it's going to go out there, and that, mm-hmm. and that's uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I find that to be the, the, the that that is the, the what brings us. Uh, to holiness is is that obedience, I guess, to God. You know, and if you look at all these saints, you know, you look at Saint Saint Bernadette, you look at you know Saint Faustina. I mean, the humil- you know, humiliation she went through in her own convent. I'm sure you know, you know, you know religious life was not that easy for um, uh, for Sister Lucia. I mean, especially in the beginning when she went to the Dorotheans, because she had a Carmelite heart, and she mm-hmm. she was sent to the Dorotheans right by the bishop, you know, yep. to, to get mm-hmm. her. To get her away, to get her out. I mean, it was it was it was a prudent move, and I I don't, I don't argue it. And and of course, we we owned at one point the um, the building in Pontevedra, Spain, where the actual apparitions of, of 1925 took place. And you know, I, I, one thing that really um, stayed in my mind is the the the, the sisters that are there now uh, were giving me a tour of this this old dilapidated building because it just fell into disarray. But she um, uh, she took us up to this attic in the very top. I, I don't know if I've ever brought mention this to, to the both of you, but she took us to this attic at the top, and it was just, it was nothing more than, than literally, a, and it's just an old attic, and she would climb up there and sit in there and read and meditate. And it gives you a little wow. idea how she would, she would have to hide even within the confines mm-hmm. of, of the, um, you know, of the... Uh, the, the convent. and uh, I think that's where she did some of her writing, too, and she had to write down what yes. Our Lady had asked her of the first Saturday devotion. She would hide right. up there. Right, she right. Would. Yes, that's correct. Yes. You know, so it's a very special place for that. And, and really, I, I really, um, uh, you know, I, I, I just, again, all those little things just, to me, just, just define this woman. And I think that's mm-hmm. why, you know, uh, uh, th- this book, I think, has, has great potential to, to really, you know, I, I recommend, of course, I'm not just making, a, you know, a, a sales pitch here, although we do carry it on, you know, uh, uh, com and uh, uh, bluearmy.com is our, our website, and you can buy this beautiful book, but you can follow Mary's gentle path. Great. That's exactly what it truly is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And so Katie's book too. I want to say because there is so much that Sister Lucia wrote down, and not everybody can run out and buy all the books. You know, there's her memoirs. There's right. many books written about her. There's her biography. There's calls from the Message of Fatima, right. which is a beautiful book. Her final letter to the world on what the message yeah. is about. And yeah. there are gazillions of quotes in there that Katie could have picked out, but right. she picked out some of the ones that really help guide you in the Fatima message. And it's such a simple book. My aunt, who's been reading it, she said, I like it because it's simple. And then there's just a simple little directive at the end. It's not, um, you know, it's very easy to read and go through daily. And I give you lots of credit, Katie, for all the work you put into that and pulling out, you know, the treasures, the gems of Sister Lucia. One of the things I hope is that people who do not have the time or the energy or whatever to read all those books, that she's written, they can do this one quote at a time for a year, and they'll come away with a really good understanding of the spirituality of Sister Lucia. 
We should have called it Fatima in a year, but to go with a Bible in a year and catechism in a year. (laughs) All those popular (laughs) programs. No, very, very, very true. It is. It's Fatima in a year, basically. Well, yeah, Fatima in a year. That's right. And that's really what it is. I mean, because believe me, the Fatima message is more relevant today than it was in 1917, hands down. Because you look at look at what's going on in the world today. Look at the all of the, um, you know, the disarray. Look at and then of course you know I, I, the later segment here. I want to get into some of the controversies that are being thrown about about Sister Lucia. But uh, yeah. but but you know, and I don't want to I don't want to you know just dwell on those because it's enough to drive you crazy. But the reality is you know follow this woman's spirituality. I think that mm-hmm. that is really really what it's all about. We have to take another break and when we come back I want to follow up with a few other questions particularly those. Uh David Carollo sitting in today on Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland. WSFI Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WFSI. How long has it been since you have been to church? Busy schedule? Work? or just lost interest. To be Catholic is not just merely attending Mass as just another weekend activity to be checked off the to-do list. Participation in the Sacred Liturgy gives you the opportunity to be intimately connected to Christ through the Holy Eucharist. You can also cleanse yourself of sin through the Sacrament of Reconciliation as a baptized Catholic. Come before the iconic monstrance to be in Christ's presence in the sacred silence of the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy, St. Stanislaus Koska Church is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. St. Stan's is just off the Kennedy, two blocks north of Division on Noble. Come back to Christ through the sacred liturgy and his gift of the sacraments at St. Stan's. We are the students of St. Stan's La Costa Academy, and you're listening to the Winds of Change. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy. St. Stan's is an exceptional private elementary school in Chicago, serving preschool, age three and four, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, and first grades. We incorporate Catholic values and rigorous academic social-emotional learning, Chinese, Spanish, STEM, and more, providing our students with leadership and life skills to transform our world. St. Stanislaus Koska Academy is conveniently located one block north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. To schedule your tour, visit ststanschicago.org. ststanschicago.org. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. And uh, we're speaking today with uh, both... uh, Dr. Katie Moran, who is the author of a a new beautiful book on uh, Sister Lucia, on the meditations of Sister Mary's Gentle Path, Um, and with Barb Ernster, the communications director for the uh, World Apostle of Fatima. It's very appropriate, like I say, to Barb be here because she did the editing of the book. So it's good to have uh, both of you on with me. Uh, Katie, questions, a couple of things. Um, You know, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what do you hope the reader will gain directly from this book? You know, we know it's meditation, daily prayer. But, you know, as we talk about it, it's like getting Sister Lucia in your heart. You know, I mean, that's the way I look mm-hmm. at it personally. And it was that your, your feeling that, because I know you said when we spoke about this five, now five years ago, almost six years ago, um, yeah. when you started the project, um, I, I think I, that was the one thing with me, you know, to, who is this woman, okay? And how did she attain her <clears throat> holiness? And that's, that's how I, I, you know, put that question on to you. Well, when I, when I did this, Initially, I thought, oh, I know who Sister Lucy is. She saw Our Lady, and I read some things on her. But when I started reading in depth the writings she wrote and what people wrote about her, I realized the book needed to be a source of learning so that people could see that becoming a saint is not hard. You know, she showed us what humility and love is, which are the two keys to sanctity. But I also wanted the book to take them into prayerful meditation. You know, if you read in the life of St. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, any of the saints, you know, there's vocal prayer and there's meditation, and meditation is the heart of prayer. It's the bread. It's what gives your life, gives life to your soul. And we know Sister Lucia did this because she was a Carmelite. So when so my hope is that people come away with a knowledge of what meditation is because it's very simply presented in the book. Your point, 
What are you thinking about it, and what is your resolution for the day? And maybe it'll make people, after doing this for a year, strive to do more serious meditation, What you know, to look into what some of the other saints have written about it and move towards it. Because this is, meditation in prayer is talking to God, and then, of course, God talking to us. So you get those little bullet points in there, and they and we're using the meditation is again like we said Fatima, and Fatima is so all encompassing, and she was such a catechist. I mean, at the age of nine, she was catechizing children in her village. You just you, what you learn from her and how to grow in holiness for God is is great. I truly believe she is the apostle of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, like Saint, like Margaret Mary was the apostle of devotion to the Sacred Heart. Yeah. You know, our our Lord picked these two saints to be this, and she she lived it. She that Fatima message. She lived that devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and she would, she, oh, as Our Lady says, "I am your refuge." And people need out there to realize this: that yeah. turning to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, consecrating yourself to her Immaculate Heart, and then turning to her as our mother, our refuge. There isn't anything you can't tackle in your life that Our Lady won't bring you through it like she did with Sister Lucia, and that's one of the examples you're going to get in that book. There wasn't anything that she encountered that put her down, made made it hard for her to get up and do things that she was supposed to. By turning the Immaculate Heart of Mary, she accomplished what she was supposed to do in her life. And you see that in the quotes in there. Some of the quotes talk about how she was despairing, like one in particular, I don't know the day, is she was back there for the last time at Fatima before she was going off, and for several weeks she was tormented by everything she heard and saw. Was it valid? Was it real? Was she doing the right thing? And you see in the meditations for that day how Our Lady just turned it around, appeared to her for the last time at Fatima, the seventh time, and corrected all of that for her and made her her realize she was on the right path. Now, we're not all going to hear Our Lady's voice like she did, but you will definitely get the direction you need if you turn yourself over to her Immaculate Heart. And I think that's 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 the Fatima message. It's Fatima message is a message of simplicity uh, to yeah. overcome a complicated world. I mean, I, I've said this all my my entire time in this apostolate in this position, that it's really it's it's really about you know you know being simple, being what I mean. It, it, I think I think God must have a lot of He must have a lot of belly laughs up in heaven because he I think He sees us as thinking we know everything. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know the reality is you know you know. We just we, we there's nothing that we can or don't or, or could or cannot do that is not in, in in the within the province of God, and I think that's what what I, personally that's what I think Fatima is all about. That's what that's what our Catholic faith is truly all about. It's about you know okay turning you know, you know we were such an we're such an arrogant people today. Sadly, it is just it, 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 it's horrible, and I think that is our um, that's that's obviously our downfall. I think that's what what brings us to. Uh, uh, you know, to ruin. I mean, is, is the fact that we think that we always have the answers, and and we're you know, and we're educated. We have education, but I don't know if we have intelligence. I, I'm not quite sure about that. You know, so uh, you know, <laughs> so anyway. But that, but that's that's really a thing. And I think you know, uh, in our as as Barbara, you even mentioned earlier, there are several books that she wrote. Her biography, of course, is written by the sisters afterwards, you know, but her letters that are published, you know, and, yeah. and even now, you know, we're in the process of working with the sister about publishing an annual, um, it's in it's in a large magazine format, mm-hmm. uh, which we were, again, they're giving us the contract for the, uh, to, to do the English uh, version of this. It's going to be a very special publication. The mm-hmm. first one in Portuguese is out, it's being translated as we speak, and we'll be publishing mm-hmm. it soon, and I think it's going to be another exciting insight into sister lucia who this who this woman who this simple woman was and i always love that when they talk about you know well you know sister she's not part of this world the, the most beautiful picture i have is her sitting in front of the computer okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so she wasn't she oh wasn't, my goodness yeah, yeah, can you imagine from yeah. 1917 to the computer age to the computer yeah <laughs> look at the things i always i always say you know what it must be like for even like our you know let's say if somebody you know if somebody's 100 years old look what they've seen happen in, in in 100 years and i used to say that more 20 30 years ago you know like the turn of this century when you would think of uh, you know or a quarter of the way through the century now but i would think how like my grandparents who came from italy my grandfather, like 1892, and my grandmother a few years later, and 
you know, they were married like 1899. And I wonder, you know, if but what they saw today and what, you know, even even some of my very old, my aunts and uncles, you know, what did they see in their lifetime with the changes? I mean, the technological mm-hmm. changes, but mm-hmm. they also saw a deterioration of this, of, of, of the world in a way that is, so, you know, this technology we have is absolutely a double-edged sword. We're using it today, and we need to use what's here, okay? But on the same token, look at, look at the, the, the difficulty that the technology brings into the world also, mm-hmm. if we allow it to, you know. Okay. So, so but seeing Sister Lucia in front of that computer always made me um, kind of put a smile on my face, you know, because she wasn't <laughs> – she, was, she, she knew how to use not just a rosary, okay. You know, she mm-hmm. – you know, and, and she and – the, 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 just the letters that they found, the suitcases full of things, I mean, just, just absolutely amazing, you know. And uh, so 70,000 documents, you know, the letters she sent, received, and all of that. There's, there's, well, I want oh. yeah, to talk, too, about her, her memoirs that she wrote. I mean, her first memoir, Adam and Lucia's Own Words, sold over several million copies worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And it was translated into 19 languages. And so I always look at how much she was able to, I mean, at the time, books were the way to spread them, you know, before they had Kindle and digital and websites and all this stuff, but look at how she was able to get that message out to the world. Yeah. Just yeah. in sitting down in that attic and writing her memoirs according by obedience to her bishop. Yeah, exactly. And, and it spread that way. They, the 19th edition was just published in 2014. Yeah. And I always like to say to people who like to get caught up in the Fatima controversies and conspiracy theories, you know, this was not somebody who was being held back from spreading the message of Fatima or right. being di- directed by the Vatican on what to say or do. She she operated by obedience, and it was hard for her to sit down and write. She didn't want to have to do this. She would have never told anybody about those angel apparitions had she not been ordered by her bishop to tell yeah. everything. Exactly, yeah. So that's are. what I find so interesting, that she could have kept that quiet for almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you would think she'd be busting out trying to get, but but it showed. It kind of showed her her humility and her understanding too. Okay, you know, and and um, uh, and she did follow what the bishop wanted. The fact she went to the Dorothean sisters to start with, he wanted her away from Fatima because he knew what was right. what, what was happening to her. You know, and you know she went there. And as a matter of fact, when she went there, she wasn't even identified as the Seer of Fatima. People mm-hmm. came to realize who she was, obviously in time. But um, but you know that that's you know. She just was another young lady coming into the into the convent. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's beautiful. Um, I want to make a, a couple announcements here. I uh, um, the, the just for the Chicago Blue Army, there are a couple things coming up. I think um, mm-hmm. that may want to be involved in. Uh, they will be having a St. Joseph table here in Chicago on uh, St. Joseph Day, March nineteenth. It'll be at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas More Parish at twenty eight twenty five. West 81st Street after the 10 a.m. Mass. So March, March 19th at St. Thomas More, 2825 West 81st Street after the 10 a.m. Mass. And, and those are beautiful events. The, um, uh, the St. Joseph Tables participated in them here many, many times. And uh, really, I miss them. I am, haven't been here for one for a while. Also, an all-night vigil. Every, every fourth Friday of the month, the, uh, the Chicago Blue Army has an all-night vigil. And it's held at the Missionary Sisters of St. Benedict. That's 5900 147th Street in Oak Forest, just east of Gaelic Park. So it's a beautiful, that's 5900 uh, West 147th Street in Oak Forest. And that is, uh, it begins with confessions at 8, 8, 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m., followed by the Holy Mass, the all-night vigil uh, of reparation through the night, and, uh, and uh, Holy Mass at 5 a.m. on Saturday. So truly, truly, these are beautiful things. We're promoting this in our apostolate so much during this this year of uh, of the Eucharistic revival, Barb, you're you're a big you're integral in that in that work we're doing. Our book, The Night of Love, is out there. We're uh, that's that's a uh, that's a formula for the all night vigils, and we ask that you know. And again, that's also available on our our website too, on at shopfatima.com or uh, bluearmy.com. So I, I you know to give you you know the Fatima message is about reparation, right? Eucharistic reparation primarily. And so that's what we, um, that's why we, we want to, you know, promote that. And we want to help with the, with the, with the USCCB's call for um, a Eucharistic revival. God, do we need that in this country, especially in this world, if, if, if those facts that, that as many as, um, uh, is with as many as what, 70% of nominal Catholics say they don't believe in real presence. I, I don't know. I, that, that, 
that is so puzzling because that is a requirement to be called a Catholic, you know. So, right. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure this is exactly the type of thing, you know, with, with Sister Lucia. I mean, she stayed so strong to her faith. You know, I had the honor one time of attending a mass, of serving a mass at the convent in Coimbra many years ago, and she was behind the grate. Never met her, of course. Wow. But, but that was <laughs> what I was at mass with her. I was, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would I'd chomp it at the bit to be able to sit down and talk to her, but... Uh, I guess it was a little bit beyond my pay grade at the time, and then, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe today as a director, if she were alive, she'd sit with me. I don't know. But, uh, but even even then, you know, you needed to have the special permission of the local bishop, I believe, to to uh, to visit with her. You know, you know, whatever bishop, some priest, cardinal, of course, went to see her. But uh, but she well, was the many people that were coming to see her also exasperated her own bishop because it was interrupting everybody's lives. It was interrupting the convent, and he was the one who went to the Vatican and asked for help on how do we stop this flow of visitors of all these people who felt they were so important they needed to see her. And so the Church had always stepped in to help protect her, yes. to yes, help guide her on, her on her path of holiness from the very yeah. beginning with that first Bishop of Fatima, who yeah. helped her find a, a way to move forward from the, the village of Fatima after the apparitions. It's really a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah, no, it, tr- it truly is. You know, uh, We have to take another break here. And when we come back, I want to address that, that million-dollar question that's hanging out there, and that's about it, it, the fake Lucia that everybody's talking about right now. Okay, so, oh, 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 oh. so when we come back, we'll touch the third rail on that one. Uh, David Carollo sitting in today on Winds of Change on the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI, Catholic Radio on AM 750 WNDZ and on 88.5 FM WSFI. Here's some good news. We are pleased to announce that St. Stanislaus Koska is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in answer to our Blessed Mother's call to open the doors. The Blessed Sacrament will again be exposed all day, every day, except when Masses or other services are being held. You are invited to come and pray anytime, day or night. For your safety, we ask that you practice social distancing and wear a mask. Hand sanitizer is available and St. Stan's has increased cleaning and sanitizing of the church, and a security person will be on site. More information can be found at ststanschurch.org. That's ststanschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. I'm David Carollo, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When winds of change is on the air, Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the winds of change tile and click on the listen live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Welcome back. David Carollo sitting in today for Father Anthony on Winds of Change. And I'm speaking with um, Katie Moran, a, uh, the author of the beautiful book on Sister Lucia, Mary's Gentle Path. It's a meditation, 365 meditations every day. Uh, Katie, what are you doing leap year? We have one more, I guess. I <laughs> well, there is there is one for leap year. <laughs> oh, I'm almost it, caught. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we I think we put it in. I got the <laughs> okay. book in front of me. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I I missed that. Okay, I'm sorry, but uh, but but you know, it is uh, it is really beautiful. Yep, there's a leap. There is a leap year right. one in there. Mia culpa. I, I stand corrected here. So, <laughs> but anyway, it, it is. Uh, but it, it is beautiful. To get into her her uh, her spirituality, and of course, I want to address this 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 controversy that's been out there and it's been out there for many many years um about you know this idea that sister lucia was was kidnapped and taken out and replaced with a with a um uh, a fake, an imposter an imposter or what do you want to call it, you know into the convent i would have to think to keep, to keep a secret like that they would have had to kill about 100 people i i, I don't know it's just something yeah. doesn't seem right here you know i i mean and and i know members of, i know her family i mean i well i've met some members of her family and you know they were visiting with their relative throughout. I think they would know if somebody was replaced, you know, unless the person was one heck of an actress. 
But uh, I, 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 your comp, Barb, you know, you, you deal with this controversy probably more than all of us uh, in the communications end here. And, and uh, just, just a few comments from you on that. I mean, what, you well, know, what you're saying. I'm trying not to deal with it, to tell you the truth. Um, it's, it's, it's based on photographs of Sister Lucia from before 1940s and after 1960, of course. There's so much disappointment when that third secret didn't come out in 1960. So right away, the controversy flared that the Church is trying yeah. to hide something from us. And that's where this comes from. It comes from there was disappointment in things that were coming out of Second Vatican Council. There was confusion about that. I have a spiritual director who said, we won't know the fruits of Vatican Council to, for 100 years, because that's when fruits usually start to come out. Yeah. There's yeah. lots of misunderstandings, and 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 so this is where these these controversies arise because they have to come up with reasons why things didn't go the way we thought they should go. And it's interesting about the third secret. Lucia was told in on January 3rd, 1944, by our Blessed Mother, write what you saw, not your understanding of it. Oh, yes. They all saw a vision. Francisco saw it, too. They, and, and she may have been given some understanding of what the vision meant, but she was told by her blessed mother, write down the vision as you saw it, and that's what she did. And that's what and, and it was she said it was always meant for the church. And so when the church finally and her and John Paul too, when they when they met in the ni- early nineteen eighties, he came to Fatima to meet with her and he he they both felt that it was more important that he get that consecration done than that they focus on releasing the Fatima secret. Yeah. And after that, it was also, she was interested in her cousins being canonized. It was, you know, she was interested in that, and she was pushing that forward. She also wanted her book calls to be published. Those were the three things she was asking of John Paul, too. She wasn't even concerned about the secret. Yeah. It, yeah. it just didn't even cross her mind. She, yeah. she always understood that it was for the Church. And so when Pope Benedict the 16th at the time Cardinal Ratzinger released the commentary on it. She said she agreed with that. Yeah. She left it to the church to interpret it, which she had been doing all her life. She looked to the church. She had a beautiful relationship with the church and with her superiors. And, you know, she always, and that's what our Lord would always ask of somebody who's being a seer, that they're obedient to the church. And that's what they look for. You know, are they being obedient or are they going their own way? She was always, beholden to the Church to help her, and she had a very childlike relationship with the Church. And so all I can say is people, some people will never, they will, they will never ever look beyond what the pictures, what they claim are in pictures, and they're missing the whole point of this beautiful soul of a woman and many, many things that she gives to us. They're missing it. And that's what happens when, when we don't find what we want in the gospel message either. Well, so then, we have to, then Jesus had to be married to, to Mary Magdalene. He had to have had killed children. <laughs> no, and, yeah. You know, all this yeah, stuff right. just comes out of... Um, Paul McCartney was also an imposter. I don't know if right. you knew that. Yeah. Oh, this just goes down Paul to internet legend. Yeah, right. so. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if you spun one of the records backwards, you were supposed to hear the words, Paul is dead, Paul is dead. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) But no, I mean, and that's exactly the point. What do we want? See here, our problem is, is the people, and I think that's our, our, maybe our 21st century condition, or maybe it preceded that, is we have preconceived notions of everything. So we want every event to fit into those preconceived notions, you know. So we pray to, even when we pray, say, okay, God, now I'm going to do this, and I want that, and I'm going to, this is my, this is my goal, so now I'm praying that you give it to me. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, what do you want? Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. You know, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? Well, that's not us, okay? And maybe it's probably, even in the West, it's probably more exasperating than it is in in, in simpler, if there are many simple societies left, but I believe that, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we have to, we, we, you know, people want, they, they, they have a belief in how something is and should be and where it should go, and mm-hmm. that's where they take this. And so this narrative fits very well for that, you know. I mean, you're right. looking at a woman who aged 88 years in the time since the apparitions of Fatima. They said, well, you know, you know, her mouth looks different. Well, did you ever know anybody who had dentures? Ever anybody who who's, you age and your gums, yeah. your gums recede, your jaws change? I mean, come on. I, I, I don't see, I don't see it. I see pictures of her as a young woman and as an older woman, and I personally see the same person. I do, too. Okay, now I'm not, yeah, I'm not, a, yeah, I'm not a, you know, pathologist or anything like that, but I don't, I, I don't see, you know, I, I just don't see that. 
I, I don't see it any any and I and I think it's unfortunate that 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 they just keep playing on this conspiratorial stuff because by doing that you miss what the real message of Fatima is all about and and you miss what the real gospel is all about you know so well yeah. if you read her book calls from the message of Fatima I don't know how an imposter could have written that you I mean this is about somebody's years and years of of studying scripture and understanding and meditation and growth and holiness she's she's teaching like she was a catechist at the age of 9 she's right. teaching us today right. you don't fake that i'm sorry but it's just you're no right. you're right you know you don't fake that no you're absolutely right um you know I, of course you you both answered this one question uh, but you may i'm just going to pose it to you one more time individually what inspires you the most about sister lucia both of you well, well, for me, it is her uh, childlike love and trust in the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yeah. She has given us the way to embrace it. I mean, because that's what the Fatima message is, devotion and consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Our Lady gave us the tools to get there, and she is an example of it. Every step of her life, she's turning to Our Lady, you know, always to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So that's, that's what inspires me with her. Yeah, yeah. Right. What what inspires me is I I I look to her as somebody who's like me, and I, she's in in having to grow in holiness, and having to get through obstacles, and having to constantly learn how to trust God. Yeah. And uh, I looked at her as a little bit more of a Spitfire. Um, yeah, and I I just relate to her so much. I see somebody who had to work for her salvation, and she never gave up. She persevered, and she always let God direct her. And so I see her as a great inspiration in doing this work for the world of Apostle of Fatima, too. She's she's the one I go to and I look to yeah. to not give up and to just keep turning it over to the Lord and saying yes. Yeah, and that that's for me also, because I look to them and say, well, what do you have in common with, a, a, you know, an 80-year-old or a 90-whatever-year-old <laughs> nun in a, in, a, in, a, in a cloister? And the answer is everything. Because yeah. that is, because unless, unless my spirituality... Can be molded in that vein, then I can't do my job. I can't direct an apostolate like this. None of us can do the work that we do if we don't allow ourselves to be, you know, molded more by that type of thing and and, and by an individual like that. I mean, I, you know, and that's why I, you know, I I, I say I, I believe that this 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 book is a very valuable resource, just as the other books are too. But here it's going to be, especially if she's declared venerable. I think because people then will probably, you know, I, I would hope would want to get more and more into her life and learn more about her and learn more about how she became you know, made her way to sainthood. We know how Jacinta and Francisco did. They did it by simple submission as young children to the will of God. Beautiful, okay? Mm-hmm. But, you know, now now you're... this. We, we have to learn we can relate more to this woman who fought the fight for many years, okay? And she didn't, like you say, she didn't become holy, you know, on May 13th, 1917, <clears throat> okay? You know, she, but she, in her life before that, you mentioned, you know, Katie or Barbara, that she was a catechist. And isn't it yeah. interesting? So was her mother, right? Her mm-hmm. mother was was known in the you know in the community in that way too. Yet they never they never connected. That was that was an agony for her her entire life was right. a relationship with her mother, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but but yeah, she yeah. had but she that was put in her. I think you know I I, I want to think that my ability to do the work in this apostolate has to do with the fact that. As a young man, as a young child, not that I lived it all the time, but I was always exposed to to my faith and to the Fatima message. And I think that, you know, and, and so you take that and you develop it. And that you develop it by by following the lives of people like Sister Lucia. Yeah. I have to mention one thing when you talk about her mother. You know, what the first act of humility for Lucia must have been her mother always said she couldn't believe that Our Lady was appearing to her because nothing that great could ever happen in her family. Right. I mean, so you're looking at your child and saying, you're not good enough for this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're not holy enough. And yet yeah. Our Lady picked her because she was so humble and so obedient to her mother and loved her right. so much. Yeah. Lucia speaks about her mother a lot in, in her book, Path, The Pathways, her diary. Yeah. And um, yeah. it, it's a beautiful relationship that, 
is is known more probably when they're together in heaven than it would have been on earth. So. A, a lot of pain in that relationship. Mm-hmm. It truly right. was, you know. But but I mean, I I'm be honest with you. You know, I had a painful relationship with my own father. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> because he, he set standards. Okay, so so you know what? In a way, I mean, do you really, you know, do you, I I don't, you know, parents aren't supposed to be buddies to their children. Let's be realistic. Right. You know, you set an example. So I don't know. You know, in in. Uh, it's always the way it works. But anyway, time goes fast and we're all together here. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for coming on and writing this beautiful book. Thank you, Barb, for your commentary and all and all the work that you both do for the world of Positive Fatima. BlueArmy.com and uh, for any, our, our, all of our resources, including this book. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. What's there to say when the world makes no sense? Do we search deeper truths or sit on the fence? Can you see? Can you see? Can you see? The winds have changed. We marvel and flatter such meaningless thought. The shell appears strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed. Read the signs. No time to hide.